0: This is the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin, episode 15. Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. Welcome, my friends, to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? My name is Graham Baldwin, and uh, I am honored that you decided to hang out with us today. So uh, wherever you may be in the world, wherever you may be listening to this, however your day, your life, your journey is going, Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for uh, making us part of your day. Now, uh, today we are joined by my friend Jake Thompson. Jake runs a website called Compete Every Day. And uh, just a really cool kind of lifestyle brand, really, is the way he, he puts it and phrases it. and It kind of makes the analogy of think of like a, a life is good type of brand. It's the type of thing where it's a uh, kind of a t-shirt apparel type company, but at the same time is really ultimately, at the end of the day, trying to communicate a message. And that's really what what Jake is trying to do with Compete Every Day. So just a really, really cool story of, of how this guy has built this this company from really a grassroots level. And uh, I think you're going to hear a lot about that today of, of how he started literally from, from kind of nothing and has built it to where he's at today. Again, a lot of gr- a grassroots marketing, a lot of one-on-one guerrilla marketing, and ultimately at the end of the day. I think you'll hear today for Jake, it was just pure hustle of like just getting out there of saying this is the business that I want to have. This is the kind of, of life that I want to create, and here's what it's going to take in order to make that happen. One of the cool things about Jake's story is you'll hear that six years he was been going down basically one educational path, and two weeks from finishing his master's degree, he decides to pull the plug. He decides it's not for him. Now, most people, most people would get discouraged. Most people would be frustrated. But not Jake. Jake knew that what he had learned and the network that he had built that it was still ultimately valuable to him. And so I think for, for maybe you, maybe you're you're going down some type of path and maybe you feel stuck. Maybe you feel trapped. Maybe you just feel like I'm in too deep. There's no way that I could pivot. There's no way that I could pull the plug and go a different direction. I, I hope and I, I'm confident that Jake's story will provide some of that motivation and uh, inspiration to you. Uh, another cool part of Jake's story is how uh, you'll hear like literally in a 10-minute window, this 10-minute moment that he had at a trade show how he knew he was on to something and how following that he had one of this, uh, just a massive business disaster that made him consider quitting it all and really kind of what kept him going through it all. So I'm super, super stoked to share this interview with you today. I think it's going to be encouraging. I think it's going to be exciting. Uh, but again, hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us for all of these podcast uh, episodes and interviews, whether you're you're listening for the first time or you've listened to all 15 episodes thus far. really means a lot that you would hang out with us. Really, really appreciate it. We've had a lot of just great support and a lot of uh, cool people that have sent us a lot of emails and and messages and, and tweets and and uh, so really really appreciate the uh, the encouragement the uh, feedback that you've left on itunes for us really really cool all right hey enough jabbering let's do this get into it here we go jake thompson from compete every day All right, what's up and welcome to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? My name is Grant. Today, I'm hanging out with my buddy, Jake Thompson, who uh, runs a seriously legit and cool site company brand called Compete Every Day. Jake, what's up, man?
1: What's going on? Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you hanging out with us. So Compete Every Day, for someone who's not familiar with this, tell us a little bit more about it.
1: Yeah. We're a, a lifestyle brand really built on the core message that everybody has a life worth competing for. And so whatever that looks like to you, it doesn't necessarily have to be a health and fitness focus. Uh, you could be competing for your dreams, your goals, your family, your faith, whatever that looks like. Uh, we try and provide you that extra motivation, that extra push that all of us need, as well as to remind you that whatever you're facing in this life, everything you need to overcome it is already inside
0: of you. Nice, I dig it, man. You see, you're going to be a motivational speaker, dude. You're going to be taking over my stuff. Not at all, not at all. Hey, now, when a lot of people come across compete every day, we see the the clothing side of it, and we see the apparel side of it. But obviously, there's you know, like even because you're alluding to there, there's just a whole deeper meaning and message behind it. So really, for you, this is much more than just about selling a t-shirt.
1: Absolutely, and I've told people you know numerous times. I love. Having our gear out, I love seeing people wear it proudly. But at the end of the day, our focus is on really getting the message out. We live in such a negative world. I mean, you can scroll your Facebook feed, uh, you can turn on the news, you can read the paper. There's so much negativity in the world around us that we're trying to inject a lot of positive into that. Just really remind people that all these outside messages of you need X, you need Y to be able to overcome whatever obstacle you're facing – is in fact a lie. Everything you need, the strength you need, is already inside of you. Uh, you just kind of have to dig down deep and persevere through the obstacles.
0: So obviously, I mean, this is a message that probably resonates with a lot of people, and there's a lot of different ways that you could take this message and and bring it to the world. Why clothing? Why apparel is kind of the, the thing that you've gone with?
1: That's actually a pretty funny story. I Apparel wasn't the initial idea. I was doing some marketing consulting at the time, uh, really trying to rebrand my own personal business. I wanted something that I could do and pour positive into people, uh, but didn't quite know what it was. And so I spent a good six months trying. We looked at a nonprofit. I looked at some youth sports camps. I looked at an all things active portal for kind of our city and really just struggled to find the right fit. And my best friend, roommate at the time, I suggested I look at life is good and kind of how they took the power of positivity to or the power of optimism, I should say, for their brand and built it into a $120 million a year apparel lifestyle brand. Uh, and he said, You know, you really ought to look at clothing because it, it's something people wear every day, every day, and it's an easy way to get a message out, spread a message. So I had no experience in it whatsoever, but it sounded like a great idea. The more I looked into it, I kind of was at that position. Why not? Uh, It was less about writing a plan and more about putting something into action and just figuring it out on the way. And so we loaded up. I bought a couple of boxes of shirts, had a message printed on it and kind of went to work.
0: Nice. And I want to hear more about that backstory. But before we get there, whenever he first brought up the Life is Good brand, and I think it's a brand that probably a lot of the audience is familiar with. And they've, you know, they've seen the character and they've seen the smile and they've seen, you know, the shirts around. When he first suggested that to you, was it just like an immediate like light bulb epiphany, like, boom, that's it? Or is it more kind of like, yeah, that's another idea. We might try that. Or what was kind of that initial reaction?
1: It was one of those, why not? Now, the things I'd tried hadn't worked to that point. We were really struggling. The message was there. The message was resonating with people, but nothing was fitting. Nothing would fit as far as what made sense. And so I just decided, you know, these guys did it. These guys did it out of the back of a van is how they started. Yep. And I figured, why not give it a shot and see if we can do it the same way?
0: Nice. So, all right, let's backtrack a little bit here. Are you born and raised from Texas?
1: I am. I am originally from East Texas and have just kind of stayed in the state since.
0: Growing up, what were some things that you wanted to do?
1: Actually, it's funny. Everybody that knows me, I always wanted to be the next Jerry Maguire. Um, nice. That was actually the route I was fully committed to going down. Yeah, uh, I finished undergrad interning with an agency and went immediately into grad school to get a master's to go be certified by the NFL. So I was determined to go that route. And I spent the last part of undergrad and then grad school doing that and realize that's just not what I wanted to do the rest of my life. Um, There's some great people in it. There's a lot of not great people in it. And I just couldn't see myself living a a just lifestyle with a family and, and everything else. And so I decided to get out and try and start figuring everything else out on the way. And then just lucked into doing some consulting projects and gigs and everything kind of grew from there to what it is now
0: yeah I remember when we met up we met in person a couple months ago at an event and and we were kind of talking about that and I think a lot of like guys who are just into sports have always kind of had that desire of like I like sports I like business so man the natural mesh of those things would be an agent And then you watch Jerry Maguire and it's like that's it that's the dude that's what I want to be but yeah it's like the more you peel back the onion and you see behind the curtain you're like that's pretty cutthroat pretty sketchy pretty shady type of business
1: very much it is very much you know there's some great guys in it that I've gotten to know but there there's a lot of people that have had to sell their soul just to uh, to get by and so it's at the end of the day it's kind of comes down to what kind of life ultimately did I want to build and what kind of legacy did I want to leave behind on it
0: yeah. And I think there's a real lesson there that a lot of people don't think through is it's like, I see some type of career or path that I want to go down, but we don't necessarily think of, is that ultimately the kind of life that I want to have? Like, let's say, let's play it out. Let's say I was successful doing that. Is that what I want? Is that the kind of life that I want to create for myself? Or am I looking ahead going, you know, feeling like I, I climbed the corporate ladder and I was successful in that thing only to kind of look back now and realize I the ladder was leaning against the wrong wall, so to speak.
1: Very much, very much.
0: So you're you're going through your undergrad stuff, working towards that degree, and then you you continue on into working on your your graduate studies, doing the same thing. At what point did you really realize like I got to get out of this, uh, and you really wanted to shift gears?
1: You know that's that's interesting. Is probably toward the end of grad school. So my last semester, uh, I started tinkering, doing some graphic design projects and a few other things, and just. The group I was working with at the time, nothing, it just didn't sit right. Um, Something in my gut was leading me to go a different direction and talking to friends, getting some advice from them really kind of backed that up and encouraged me to do so. And so really with about two weeks left in grad school that I'd gone to grad school for this whole career is when I got out, which at the same time was the fall of 08 when the economy started to tank. So Just created a whole new set of changes, but also put me in a position. I was very fortunate even during the agency period. You got to hustle to make any money. I mean, in that business, especially, it's the old caveman idea of you only eat what you kill. And so in business, you only eat if you're bringing in clients and doing work and deals and things like that. And so it taught me that I couldn't sit by and wait on somebody else to get something done. I had to go do it myself, which very much helped getting into the consulting business and then ultimately into starting compete.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second. You're two weeks from graduation. You've put at this point, you know, six years or so into your undergrad and grad studies. You're right there at the cusp of it. And How are you like, what's going through your head at that point feeling like I'm a few weeks from being done and I put, I put literally thousands of hours into it and thousands of dollars into it. And now I'm just now realizing this isn't what I want to do. How are you processing that?
1: You know, it really wasn't that difficult of a decision because when I look back on the experiences that I had in grad school and the relationships, at the end of the day, the relationships I had in undergrad and grad school have been far more valuable than anything I learned really in the classroom. But to a degree, what I was able to take away from my MBA program was just the basics. I mean, you're doing doing financial accounting. Uh, you're doing strategic management, uh, you're doing supply chain, all of that stuff that at the time I was really just trying to get through so I could focus on getting to the NFL and being certified has now come into play in obviously other areas of my life because you're building business plans and marketing strategies that we use now obviously for compete, supply chain management, that we obviously have our operations, things like that. So, At the time, I was more focused on, all right, what can I use that I've learned the last couple of years to parlay into a consulting business now or marketing? And so that's kind of how I looked at it. It wasn't a panic of, oh, I've wasted this time. You always have to look at the positive in the situation and say, all right, how can I utilize what I've learned and who I've connected with in regards to what I need to do now.
0: And obviously, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and so it's easy to look at that today and see, oh, well, at least I made these connections and I learned these things in the classroom that I can apply today. But it sounds like even in the midst of it, you still kind of had that perspective like, ah, it's going to be all right. I still learned some stuff. And even though this is not the exact path that I was planning on going down, I can still utilize everything that's happened up until this point and toward my future thing, whatever that future thing may look like.
1: I agree. I I think you have to have that mindset. Regardless of what the experience is in life, you have to take from it everything you can and use it going forward. You know, I was very fortunate. Uh, My dad was an entrepreneur. My grandfather was an entrepreneur. So getting to see them from kind of the sidelines of the stuff they've had to deal with, the good and the bad, and how they responded to it helped me tremendously. Getting put into that situation even before I started a business, just because I was like, all right, There's nothing you can do about it at that point. Um, I knew I wanted out of the agency business. I really wasn't sure what my next step was. But I couldn't sit and dwell on woe is me or I'm so upset about this situation or or this or that. Because one, it's wasted energy. And two, I mean, it's not like it's going to do anything for me. The only thing that was going to help at that point was me reaching out to the people I'd connected with over the last six years and starting to just work my tail off toward a direction to get something moving, uh, which is where I think most of the struggle is, most people don't get anything moving. They get kind of stuck in neutral.
0: Yeah, and I think there's a huge, huge lesson there of you know the, those past six years, your, your options are either you look at it as a waste or you look at it as well, you know, let's let's pull out what we can learn, let's pivot, let's go a different direction and uh take what we've gathered up to this point, both knowledge and network and move on from there. And you always you always have that choice, you know. So like you're saying it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to just have the woe is me and to uh just curl up in bed and eat gallons of ice cream and just feel like the world's falling apart cuz like all right, so it, it's not what you decided to do. So, you know, put put everything back together and, and like move on figure out what the next thing looks like.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: See, I should be the spokesperson for compete every day. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) You and me together. All right. So, uh, so you, you wrap up school, you know, that's not the path that you want to go down, but now you want to, you're starting to get into consulting. Is the consulting like, Hey, this is a long-term strategy or is this like, this is just buying me time.
1: It's funny. At the time I thought it was a long-term strategy. I liked the idea of owning my own business to a degree, even though in the consulting space, you're still working for other people, but it allowed me the freedom to travel. I could work remotely. My hours changed, so I obviously had different times throughout the day I could do things versus being gone, having to be gone eight to five. And so it initially started out that way, and then the more I got into it, the more I realized I just wanted to do something else, something bigger. I I found myself in a position really two years in, a year and a half in, where I was pursuing all things monetary and really focused on how do I become well-known, how do I become more famous throughout DFW, wherever the case may be, versus building something that I felt would leave a legacy beyond my years. And so that's really kind of where it became the turning point in the fall of 2010 was starting to evaluate what I'd done the last year and a half, two years, looking at it and being like, you know what, this money is great. But when I die, I mean, it's not like I get to take the money with me. What am I doing that's going to last just beyond my lifetime? And so that's really where I started looking for something else and realizing that the agency and consulting business that I was doing was not what I wanted the long term to be.
0: So where does that actually come from? Because I mean most people we think about legacy, but we don't think about legacy till we're in our forty, fifties, sixties, we're nearing retirement, wrapping it up, putting a bow on it all and trying to figure out what mark we leave behind. So for you, you're you know, you're in your what, twenties or so? There's gotta be more than just this. Like where do you think that's coming from?
1: You know, part of that's just I would say you know, my faith, which plays a huge role in who I am and realizing what I'd been caught up in, what I wanted to do. Part of that was just really understanding at the end of the day, if I'm not doing something that impacts other people in a positive way, whether encouragement, inspiration, or changing how they work, live, or play in some manner, then really what I'm doing is just wasting time. And that's not what I want to do because time is such a finite thing. And especially the more I work, uh, the more I realize that, that we're very limited in what we can do and what, how much time we have to do it. And so that's kind of where it came from is being how I was raised, uh, seeing kind of how my parents handled their things and their business, you know, woven in with my faith and just wanting to leave that impact, um, on others.
0: Yeah. I think that, and that's super, super cool because I, I went to Bible college. I was a youth pastor for a little bit. My faith has always been a big, big deal to me. So yeah, having something like that, that you can kind of just root yourself in and said, no, no, there's, a, there's, there's more than just making a lot of money. And there's nothing wrong with making money. But at the end of the day, I think we're all here for something bigger than just getting a paycheck. And so figuring out what that looks like is certainly something that has obviously had a big effect on both of our businesses.
1: Absolutely.
0: So you're doing the consulting thing. Obviously, you're killing it. You're doing well there. You're starting to kind of pivot and just figure out, okay, the consulting thing is fine. It's all well and good. I'm making a decent living. But there's got to be something more there. Is it at that point where you're really starting to figure out what that next step is?
1: It was. And you know, once, it was really when it started to rebrand just the basic consulting premise is what started it. So I started to try and rebrand it figure out what I wanted this new message to be that I could encourage people with. Then once we had the concept of compete every day and it really started to resonate with friends, it was a matter of where do I take it? Where's the best channel and platform to spread this message? And so that's kind of where it just, it honestly became like a, a white erase board, just throwing up everything under the sun to try and see what would stick what made sense to stick and I mean we looked at everything I looked at trying to continue in the agency with taking more of a give back focus Uh, I looked at trying to do some youth football camps nonprofit. Uh, I looked at building an active portal of all things Dallas Fort Worth from yoga to CrossFit to boot camps Um, and the more we talked about the different things the more We really just kept going back to the message and what would this message look like and and what would it be and how would it really just impact people because everyone you told the message to, it resonated with, but it didn't seem to have the right platform to make the most impact. And so that's ultimately when he, my best friend suggested apparel, it just became the natural fit.
0: Let's walk through that process a little bit because I think there's people out there that may be listening to this who may have, like you're saying, kind of a message and they're just trying to figure out how to hone it into what that channel is, or they feel like I've got 10 different interests and any of them could be okay. How do I figure out what the best one is? Whereas the same thing for you, you've got this compete everyday message. It could be apparel, but it could be a dozen other things that could be fine. So how are you really honing in on, no, 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 apparel that's the place where really this message needs to be versus all these alternatives.
1: You know, really it's a matter of just starting where you are with what you have and going down a path. I mean, most people, we just get so hung up on wondering what the right solution is going to be, what the perfect time is going to be instead of just saying, all right, these are my interests. Uh, this is where these are the kind of the three areas I could see it fitting. Talk to a few people, get some advice and then pick one and go And if it doesn't work out that path, start back and go down the other path. You know, there's never that perfect moment. And this was one of those with me with compete. Uh, I was so guilty of writing business plans and drawing up blueprints and everything like that for these other concepts. And we started to take them and they would never go anywhere that when we said apparel, it was just kind of like to heck with the plan. Like we have a basic idea. I know what it's going to cost. I know what we can sell. Like let's just go and we'll figure it out on the way.
0: Nice oh, I love so, that I love that it's like just get it out the door like stop analyzing it stop making the plans stop you know overthinking it and just like ship it just do something and you're not you're not gonna have it perfect you know whenever we, we start this podcast uh, we didn't have it perfect we still don't have it perfect but at some point you just start you just cross that starting line and iterate and figure it out as you go
1: absolutely and that's where I mean some of the best projects in the world never get off the ground because people continually wait to get them right uh, your first thing I think it was Lewis Howell said you should be embarrassed of your first product that you roll out to market. Without a doubt, it's true. Like I look back three years now, and I see some of our first shirts and the things we rolled out, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like it makes me cringe. But we got it out there, and so once we got it out there, we we did something a little bit different, and then you do a little bit different, and it's just that's the whole natural process. You know, I I tweeted something a, a few weeks ago that I had a lot of friends comment on, and it was essentially like create crap. create more crap, create okay, create average, create good, create great. Like that's the process. You have to throw things out there and get stuff going before you'll ever get to that greatness. Nobody comes out day one hitting home runs. They've always created something behind the scenes that maybe sucked first, but they got it out there and started to develop
0: it. So when you first started, you, you print up a few compete everyday shirts and you you just got a a, a couple cases of those. Where do you take them for your first kind of sales?
1: Funny enough, I was selling them out of the back of my car.
0: (laughs) I, I had
1: boxes back there. And I was talking, I had friends from CrossFit that I was talking to and trying to support. I mean, they were being incredibly supportive of me, I should say, just spreading the message and getting the shirts. And then obviously, once we found the shirts we use now, they're so incredibly comfortable that they were telling other people and on and on. And then, you know, I would go to races and expos before I could really afford any kind of booth space because those things get so expensive. And I would walk around with a duffel bag of shirts and talk to people. And I had a little marketing card and would give it to them if they wanted to buy a shirt. We'd sell them a shirt, but really just getting the word out any way possible. And then some of the best conversations we had is I skinned uh, the front of my laptop cover as well as my phone. And so whenever I would work from a Starbucks or a local coffee shop, people would see it and they'd always kind of wonder what it was and come ask me and. You know, we sell wristbands on our website, and especially early on, like I always had a bag of them with me. And so anytime I talk to people, I just toss them a wristband, and, uh, you know, the word slowly spreads that way. It's not like we came out with a big marketing budget or really any kind of money, it was just a grassroots. Slowly spread the message by talking to anybody and everybody we could.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's so like in the trenches. It's not because it's not like it's not glamorous, it's not sexy. It's not like you know, we landed one big client and everything changed overnight. It's like, no, 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 it's just like a slow, gradual process of just pushing and prodding and just getting the word out there one person at a time. And before long, you look up and you're like, dang there's a lot of people that are using our stuff. Like how did that happen? Cuz it's just like intentional one-on-one interactions and hustle has really shaped and defined, you know, what the business has become today. That's exactly right. So whenever you're in the you're in the trenches and you're, you know, you're passing out wristbands and you're having conversations uh, and even whenever you're selling those first couple cases of shirts, are there times where you're still kind of questioning is this going to work or at what point do you feel like I think we've really got something here, like this is, this is going somewhere.
1: You know, I think there's been multiple points along the way that I've questioned whether we would get this done or not. Um, I think it's inevitable on any entrepreneur's journey. It's a roller coaster ride that you're really just trying to hang on for. You know, one of the first signs that I had that we would make it or that we had something special was, uh, in San Diego in 2012, we were at the rock and roll marathon Yeah, and I had two very, very different people from different religious backgrounds and ages even walk in and buy the exact same shirt for two very opposite reasons. Um, and so, and it was within a matter of 10 minutes. And then when they did, I I just remember looking at it and just kind of taking it all in and thinking, all right, we have something here. If we can hit these two people with the exact same shirt and the message, the core message is still the same. And so once we kind of had that, we started to go, but obviously you get any kind of roller coaster ride. And so last summer, for instance, we had a, an event that just flopped. And that's the best way to put it. When you lose about five figures worth of money on one event, and I remember leaving Los Angeles really questioning whether I could do this or not. and I mean, we were two years in at that point, um, and I was still wondering if if we would ever really quote make it and I had the, it was just a somber drive. I had about a four hour drive that night, and it was just silence and I remember being sick. but the one thing I kept going back to is, one of my best guy friends had taken me out to lunch right after I'd started compete and we get to talking about compete and just the fact that we post quotes every day and i post quotes every day on my own personal social network and he said you realize you've gotten to a point now with this brand that like people expect this now like they're looking forward to your quotes daily and he said you've built this entire brand on persevering no matter what the odds are against you it doesn't matter if it's a million to 1 you're expected to compete he said, "So you, in your own way, you've become your worst accountability partner because, <laughs> or your best one?" He said, "Because you can never quit. Like, regardless of what happens with this business, sink or swim. Like, you have to find a way to make it work, because the whole message is built on that. And now you have a community of people who believe in that message in their own life, um, and so you can't let that down. And so he, once I continue to replay that in my head, it just kind of became the." big weight off my shoulders because at that point you're not worrying about, can I make it? What am I going to do? You know, do I need to quit? Because all of a sudden quitting is completely off the table. There's no, it's no longer an option. The only option is we will go forward. How do we get there? Yeah. So you just completely change your train of thought. And once you take quitting off the table in any number of areas in your life, like it changes dramatically. Relationships, you know, your goal chasing, whatever it is, when quitting is no longer an option, your focus is only on the positive and somehow finding a way to get there.
0: I love that. I love that you're your own worst enemy that with a name of compete every day, you you can't quit. You kind of painted yourself into a corner on that. That's great. But I like the, I like those stories too, uh, where you're going from like one of your highest highs if you're at San Diego, you sell two shirts, uh, you know, two shirts of what I would assume would be tens of thousands of transactions over the course of a, of a business life cycle. And those two though, within a few minutes, those are the ones that really stand out as I think we've got something here too, you know, uh, leaving, a, uh, leaving something, uh, a show in LA and feeling like, what am I doing? Like, and that is just the high and the low of being an entrepreneur, of, of doing your own thing. And maybe it's, you know, in this case, maybe it's having your own business. Maybe for you, it's being an employee and trying a new project and, and going from a super high to a super low, but just trying those and being willing to stomach it and ride the roller coaster along the way. It's all part of the experience. It's all part of the journey there.
1: Absolutely,
0: and my guess would be like looking back now. Even like that four-hour silent drive back from Los Angeles at the moment, like sucks and it's just beating the life out of you. But my guess would be today you probably wouldn't do a lot differently.
1: I wouldn't. You know, I, I laughed. I told people at um, I had a, a speaking event down in Houston with uh, Texas Children's earlier this year. And I told them just the conversations. People always ask me, would you go back and not do that? Would you skip that event? Would you save that money? And I laughed because I wouldn't. At the time, it was just a kick in the gut. But what it did was it put us in a hole that we had to find our way out. And so last fall, we literally, I was on the road almost every weekend between September and Christmas. Trying to do, we did different events, meeting with people, getting the word out, setting up partnerships that just took a toll on me physically, just with my friendships, things like that, of always being gone. But it set us up to close 2013 in a way I never would have expected and open 2014 with such a rush and push that we never would have had had we not done what we did all fall. And so it goes back to the thing we reiterate on Compete is, you know, your setbacks are always setups for your greatest comebacks. And that's just the way I look at it. Like the, some of the worst business experiences we've had with Compete have simply set us up for greatness later because they fueled us through or fueled us to do something different.
0: Yeah, and that's such a good analogy and such a just good perspective that a lot of people miss. Like, uh, I've got a buddy who is also a speaker, and whenever he goes speaks, he he says he uses the analogy of a movie. You know, and if you're watching a like some type of football movie, and within the first half hour of the movie that the team is dysfunctional and the coach quits and everybody hates each other and they have this massive losing record, you know that. It's the the typical storyline and plot is fast forward to the end of the movie and they all come together and they win the super bowl and they're champions of everything but a lot of times when we are in the midst of that dysfunction in the first half hour we can't see ourselves fast forwarding down the line and seeing how we can write the script and so I think that's a great spot of when you're in the midst of it and you're wondering is this going to work am I going to be able to pull this off am I going to be able to get this together like the rest of the script is up to you and it's the the, the greater that crisis the greater the comeback story it can be
1: absolutely
0: Sweet. So let's talk about this for a second. For someone who may be listening going, okay, I've got this t-shirt idea. I've got this apparel idea. I've got this brand idea that I'd like to do. Looking back on what you know today, is there anything that you would do differently in getting Compete started?
1: Uh, There's probably a lot. Uh, (laughs) We've evolved our message and just look so much over the last couple of years, but I don't think we would have been able to do that without going down the route we had. And so I think going back, I probably would have started some different social media things earlier. I would have gotten on Instagram better. I mean, we're fantastic, I think, about it now. But it took us a while to really get going just from a matter of having the bandwidth. You know, I think not believing you needed to go all out. So when we first started, uh, we did a lot of initial trade shows. Uh, Once we had kind of saved up some money – to do trade shows, expos, and I think there's some inexpensive ways to do things that are going to have just as great an impact that I would have done differently. But really it's a matter of I would have kept the same approach to getting the word out with friends and family and people. Um, I think there's so many groups out now that we go up against that have a a funny t-shirt or a catchy slogan, but there's no story behind it. I mean we see at events where people will ask us about a certain shirt and I can't point them to the direction of where go get that shirt because I think three or four other groups have the same slogan. Um, it's not like anybody has that distinct. So my encouragement is if you have a, a cool shirt idea, you want to build a lifestyle, you got to build the story. You need to build the brand behind the story because that's what people buy into and people want to be a part of. Um, it's not the catchy T-shirt will sell and it will sell you one. But if you want to create a community that impacts and create a community that impacts each other within the community, there's got to be a story to the brand.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And I think, uh, you know, one thing that you kind of alluded to there is just the organic growth that you've had. It wasn't like, again, I went to one show and that changed the whole trajectory. It was, again, just kind of like steady progress and moving along and just sharing the story and sharing the story and sharing the story. And that has ultimately led to where you guys are today.
1: Absolutely, and I think we get so fooled because of what we see on social media that we assume you just roll it out and win overnight. There's no such thing as an overnight success, but we're so led to believe that daily because of how everything's portrayed in social media and and in TV. and We tend to forget we're always comparing. When we look at someone's Facebook feed or Instagram feed and we see the success they're having – We're comparing our full game tape and behind-the-scenes to their highlight tape Yeah, because they're not posting the nitty-gritty and what's going on and what they're struggling with. They're posting the wins, but that's all we see, whereas on our life, we see the wins, but we see the setbacks. We see the disappointment. We see everything behind the curtain, and so I think that's where you get really guilty of because you try and press it, and you wonder why your timeline doesn't match someone else's. When you ultimately don't know what their timeline even looks like. And so it's a matter of persistence and just staying the course with it. I mean we laughed at, at how many book writers and authors have been rejected numerous times before they ever got accepted. Uh, I mean Dr. Seuss for instance, his first book was rejected by 23 publishers wow. before the 24th one finally said yes. And that 24th publisher sold 6 million copies of it.
0: Yeah. And that's such a, again, that's such a true fact that we forget is most people will look at a site like Compete and look at a brand like Compete and be like, oh man, they're they're killing it. But they don't see that four hour drive back from LA going, what am I doing here? And we don't see the full picture of the of the ebbs and flows of it all.
1: Very much. Yeah. You just, you have to keep that in mind, especially as you're going through the daily grinds of it, because it's very easy to get caught up just thinking about what everybody else is doing instead of focusing on what you need to be doing.
0: Yeah. Beautiful stuff, man. Well, Jake, thanks so much for sharing your story. For people that are interested in in learning more about the story uh, of Compete and what you guys are doing, or more just like, dude, I got to get one of these t-shirts on me right now. Where can we go?
1: Absolutely. Come check us out. We're at com. We've got daily blogs on there. We feature people in the community. If you tag us wearing your stuff, we're going to repost it and share it with everybody else. We're all over Instagram, Pinterest, twitter and facebook compete at compete every day for three of those and then facebook it's just facebook.com slash compete apparel be sure to say hi we love talking with people we love meeting new people in the community
0: awesome dude great great stuff man keep killing it you're doing awesome
1: thanks for having me on
0: all right man we'll talk again soon All right. There you have it. Episode 15 with Jake Thompson from Compete Every Day. I hope you uh, enjoyed that. Hopefully you you enjoyed not only Jake's story, but I I personally, I really resonate and just dig the Compete message that he's sharing that their company is building. And because it's really, it's like he alluded to, it's so much more than just about athletics. It's so much more about going to the gym or, or sports. It's really just about competing in life, that just showing up and bringing your A game every single day. And so, definitely, I'd encourage you to swing by, check out their site. You can find a, a link to the, the site, or you can find out more information through our, our show notes, slash Jake Thompson, slash Jake Thompson with a hyphen in the middle of his name there. Also, if you want, you can uh just go directly to the site, just go to competeeveryday.com. Again, that's competeeveryday.com. Support them. Support what they're doing. Pick out a a shirt there, order it, wear it, make it proud. I personally I look really sexy whenever I uh, walk around in a compete shirt cuz people are like, "Oh, that guy came to work. That guy came to play. He means business." Part of it's probably cuz my uh my freakishly large guns. I'm massive. Like, you may not be able to tell from pictures, but my biceps are... All right, never mind. They're not that big. They're not even really exist. I. I all right, I'm just going to shut up because... Yeah, but still, when I wear a compete shirt, I just feel like I'm more of a man than I really am. So... Again, stop by, check that out. Uh, Really good stuff. Hey, uh, so many of you have left some great feedback and encouragement on iTunes for the, uh, the new podcast. And I just want you to know how much I appreciate that. We've heard so many people that are like, hey, just came across the podcast, saw the lots of ratings and reviews, thought I'd check it out. Really, really like it. And uh, so really, I I appreciate you who have left reviews. Those of you who are like, oh, I should leave a review. Yes, yes, you should. That little voice inside of you that's speaking to you right now. Listen to that voice and uh, stop what you're doing. Swing by iTunes and uh, check that out. You can go to Grantbaldon.com slash iTunes. It'll take you right to where you need to be. So... Thanks for that support. Hey, one other thing I wanted to mention to you is uh, we're doing some coaching with a few limited number of clients right now. So, if you're interested in coaching, maybe you're going through some type of career transition. Maybe you want to go through a career transition. Maybe you're doing something right now. You know it's not what you want to do. You feel just like, you just feel stuck. You feel trapped. You're like, I want out of this. I don't really know what I want to do with my life. I don't really know where my life is going. Uh, We would love to go on that journey with you and help you just kind of think through and process what is it that you want ultimately the end result of your life to be like and how can we reverse engineer that and help you create the kind of life that you want to have. So if you're looking for help just to make that transition, we'd love to go on that journey with you. Maybe you're interested in getting into speaking and uh, or maybe you're interested in starting a podcast and you're going, all right, Grant, you seem to know something about podcasting. You seem to know something about speaking. Maybe maybe you can help me out with this specific skill set that I'm working on. So, if that's something that you are interested in, please, please, please give us a shout. Uh, you can go to grantbaldon.com/slash coaching and uh, grantbaldwin.com slash coaching. There's a page there. You can fill out your information and uh, we'll get in touch with you and just, again, and fire away with kind of what you're chewing on and, and pondering and kicking around and see uh, what we can do to help you out there. All right. Hey, as always, make sure that you uh, just email us. Anything that we can do to support you in your journey, you can email me, grant at grantbaldwin.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at grant Baldwin. But for real, I don't just say, hey, email me. This is crazy to me, but I, I get emails regularly from people and then I respond back. Like I tell you I'm going to do. And so many people are like, Whoa, you actually replied. Like, I didn't think you actually was like, I'm not just saying it. Like I'm a normal human dude. And I love hearing from people and hear what's going on in your world. What are you pondering? What are you kicking around? What are you wrestling with? And how can I help you on your journey to find and do work you love? What can I do to support you as you figure out what it is that you were put on this planet to do? So please, please, please don't hesitate to email me again, grant at grant I would love to support you as uh, you again, find and do work you love. All right. That wraps up episode 15. We'll be coming at you again real soon with another great episode of How'd You Get Into That. We'll talk to you later.
1: Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.